everybody, and welcome to the Football Outsiders live cast and podcast for Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. I am Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of Football Outsiders. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Tanier. We are joined today by Thomas Bassinger, who works for the Philadelphia Inquirer and wrote the Philadelphia and New York Giants chapters of this year's book, Football Outsiders Almanac 2022, and we are going to do more previewing today. Uh, make sure you pick up a copy of the book. If you don't have it yet, you might be watching this just because you're an Eagles fan or a Giants fan who wants to hate us. Make sure that you pick up a copy of the book on Amazon or check out FO Plus, become an FO Plus subscriber to get the electronic copy of the book along with all of our fantasy football draft tools, in-season tools, picks against the spread. All that stuff is at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe yes mike with the double book action he has the book in the back and the book in the front thank you everybody by the way for watching if you're watching live please feel free to comment or ask questions in our discussion if you're listening afterwards on the football outsiders podcast network or watching the video after the fact please like and subscribe so you can check out more of our videos and live streams so nfc east has two teams that we have going in very opposite directions. And so our question of the day is, which is more likely? A, is it more likely that the Philadelphia Eagles, as we predict is most likely, win the NFC East? Or B, is it more likely that we're predicting the most likely last place team? Is it more likely that the Giants are in last place? in the <laughs> NFC East. Which of those is more probable to happen? Eagles in first place or Giants in last place? And then we can get to the reasons why we're so high on the Eagles and so low on the Giants. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, um, I'm high on the Eagles this year too, but uh, I got to go with the Giants on this one. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've searched for reasons for optimism for this team. But I'm, I'm just not finding any uh, from from Daniel Jones and the offense to uh, the defense. I just there's just not a lot there. And I think the Giants have been pretty, um, pretty good about setting expectations for this season. You know, they're they're not they're not they're not hyping up this team. This is um, you don't really have to read between the lines to understand that this is a this is a reset year. And, you know, maybe, you know, they. um you know, I, th I think this year we're looking at uh, whether they hit on their first round draft picks, which I think they will in, in uh, Thibodeau and, and Neil. Um, you know, and outside of that, you know, you're maybe hoping to dis discover some guys that, that can be part of the rebuild going forward. But outside of that, I just I'm sorry, Giants fans. I just I just don't see a whole lot here. Let me tell you what the house says about this you can get the eagles first place nfc east at plus 160 which is reasonable the cowboys are right in the same range there giants for fourth place last place in the nfc east is plus 100 it's pretty close to even odds there that it's like oh the giants are going to be in last place i'll give you one more if you really like betting nfc east orders you can get Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, and Giants, in that order, Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, and Giants, exacta, at plus 550. 
So I think the house has a sense that that's kind of how it's going to line up. There's, again, similar odds if you flip the top two teams. My only Giants aren't going to finish in last place arguments involve the Commanders. And it's, well, we have the Chase Young news today. Chase Young is going to miss probably the first three or four games of the season. So there's a chance they fall off because of that. And, of course, it's me, the Carson Wentz apocalypse. But even I'm not that much of a Carson Wentz hater to think that he's going to nosedive to such a level that he can take the Washington commanders, if everything else is going okay, down below the Giants. And we'll get to this, but I think the Washington defense should be better than the Giants defense pretty clearly. They're going to bounce back. We talked about this on the show where we did Washington. That Washington defense is going to bounce back, especially on third and fourth downs, whereas we have the Giants defense projected to be worst in the league right now. I also think that if I had to pick between Eagles to win and Giants to finish fourth, I would pick Giants to finish fourth. (laughs) And that's coming from the guy who, as I revealed this morning on NFL Network's Good Morning Football, I'm making the Eagles my Super Bowl pick in the NFC. That is me trying to be a little bit different, not going with chalk, which I think would be Tampa Bay. According to our numbers, chalk would be Tampa Bay. But Mm -hmm. I picked a Buffalo-Philadelphia Super Bowl this morning on Good Morning Football. So I am really high on the Eagles this year. I'm glad it wasn't an Eagles-Jacksonville Super Bowl because you go around the bend sometimes on those Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm glad we I'm glad there's chalk the on one. Peterson time. reunion special, Jacksonville Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the, the Peterson revenge. Oh, that's amazing. But um, I guess since you were on Good Morning Football, dressed immaculately, pumping up the Eagles, getting Eagles fans excited. My problem with the prediction, as somebody who has Reggie White looking over my shoulder, is that I, I, I feel like there's like a restrictor plate on the top of this team. And it's like, unless Jalen Hurts takes this leap that we are not really anticipating or predicting or anything like that, this is going to be a solid team, solid in all phases, that's limited by its deep passing attack, possibly limited by the overall quality of the defense there, or the inexperience of the coaching staff, or something along the way that's going to make them hit the wall. And that wall, of course, is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and those teams that we have that everyone's picking to win the, the conference. Yeah, you know, I think, I think that's, that's a really. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good point. Um, I think that, you know, you look at the, the Eagles roster and it's pretty deep just about everywhere except the secondary. Yeah. Um, and the, the big question, of course, is Jalen Hurts and whether he takes that leap. Um, and whether the Eagles have enough. Um, can can develop into that quick strike offense that we that we saw uh in in um well not from the eagles but from the from the you know final four teams in the playoffs last year can can the eagles keep up with a team that can score points quickly like the uh i think that i think they'll have a good offense but you know what what's their four minute offense like you right. know in the in the in the, at the end of the second half at the end of the at at the end of the game and, you know, until we see it, I just, I just can't buy. Well, yeah, what's your down by 10 points need to come back? And your offense is still sort of limited to running and passing into the flats to a large degree. Even if, even if Hertz does improve a little, doesn't improve markedly there, what's your plan to get through games in those situations? And that's something you don't have an answer to. And again, it has to be an answer if we're talking Super Bowl that says, and this is how it's going to work against the Packers, for example. 
I guess I'm thinking that there can be a little bit of an answer. I think Hertz can get a little bit better. He was an average passer last year. Obviously, he has his deficiencies. A.J. Brown is going to be a big addition. Yes. I mean, that makes things a lot easier. And I also, you know, I don't know if the defenses of the teams that we're talking about as being their main contributors are going to be as good as the Eagles' defense. So, yes, their offenses will be better than the Eagles' offense, but their defenses may not be as good. I think the Eagles are going to do it a lot with defense. I mean, Hassan Reddick and James Bradbury are really nice additions, and this is a deep front seven. Like, And that doesn't even get to the rookies, Jordan Davis and N'Kobe yeah. Dean. Who, I mean, I think, you know, there are no – there are no uh, – steals in the draft right guys who drop in the draft usually drop for a reason like there's been research done that shows that that reaches tend to fail but the steals do not tend to succeed like players we think of as steals do not tend to succeed any more than any other players but right. dean looks like a steal like nobody can quite figure out why he dropped so much in the draft and all the reports from trading camp are that the guy is running around like a stud right right you've been there right tom at uh, at training camp? Yeah. No, no, I haven't had a chance to get out there, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of working from the couch a lot too here, but yeah, the, those are the reports, both for Dean and for Davis, and it's it's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. In reality, it's never sunny in Philadelphia during training camp. There's always something that the fan base is harping over and is really worried about, and that super worry isn't there this year. You know, you're talking about. Rieger as wide receiver for, you know, and I see our special teams pro projection. The worry is the punter. The worry is the punter in the return years. Are, are, are the Eagles 30th because of the punting? Punter is, punter is the uh, part of special teams that correlates best from year to year. Yes. Get Matt Hack. Matt Hack is available. The Bills just got rid of him. He can punt just fine. Please, you know, but, but that's it. Like there's, there's nothing, there's not this, like this, like I talked to my neighbor across the street who's usually freaking out angry about something this time of year. And he's like, oh, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited for the season. Like that, that actually worries me as an Eagles fan, but that's like the timber around here. No, no that's, that's totally it. I mean, it's the conversations about whether or not uh, Rager deserves a roster spot. And it's the other thing that there's a lot of hand wringing over is, is the intensity of Eagles practices and whether or oh. not they're starting players in preseason games. And, you know, I'm I'm of the thought where well you know it's a it was a long it used to be a long season 16 mm -hmm. games is is takes a toll and it's a battle mm -hmm. of attrition even then now it's 17 games you know I'd much rather I I understand what the Eagles are doing you know especially when they had such bad injury luck a couple seasons ago to try to preserve these guys as long as possible I'd rather have them in January than in September. Syria does not run a grueling practice. No, it's not been a grueling practice. You're out there for a while. And as a reporter, you're out there for a while. It's like, oh, we're done already? I'd be home for lunch. This is amazing. So, but again, we saw proof of concept last year. Again, that the team was weaker at the beginning of the year than later in the year. I think part of it is the play calling on both sides of the ball was dippier at the beginning of the year as those, those guys figured out what they were doing than later. But we've seen proof of concept. It's not that the team got worn out or wasn't ready or things like that. These later practices seem to work with modern players. Yeah. I'll point out from our numbers, we don't have the Eagles as the best team in the NFC, right? We have Tampa Bay as the best team in the NFC, but that schedule 30 seconds, mm. like the Eagles are good and balanced mm -hmm. and added a lot of talent this offseason. 
And then that schedule being 32nd plays into it a lot because there is a gap in the schedule rankings. There's like a, a sizable gap between 32nd and 31st. Like the whole NFC East has easy schedules. Right. But there's like a particular gap for the Eagles having the easiest schedule. Um, Sleepy Time Junction asks if Chase Young going to PUP affects this discussion heavily or just a little bit. I don't think it affects this discussion. It may affect the Giants discussion a little bit, but I think only a little bit because we all thought Chase Young was going to be a little slow to get going this year. Those four games that Young is definitely out, there's both an Eagles and a Cowboys game in them. So I would say the commanders are going to be equally weak against both of these opponents. And, you know, I'm not sure like what you pencil in, in your mind in terms of what teams are going to go in the division, but like, it's a little bit more like maybe these are splits to maybe it's a sweep of the commanders. If you get them in a weakened state in the opening game, I I personally don't have the commanders as a big mover and shaker in this, in this division. You're right. If we're talking about the possibility of last place, it's one, one thing, but as anything other than like the seventh wild card because Jameis Winston got hurt and Trey Lance wasn't ready and Cliff yeah. Kingsbury was out partying every week, whatever, whatever scenario. Other than that, I don't see the commanders being a factor this year. I mean, you know, we are pessimistic about their quarterback situation and you are the most pessimistic person about their quarterback situation. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, not- we, there are other people who think that the commanders are, you know, a little better, uh, than conventional wisdom. And, and I think that it's clear that from the Vegas totals that there is a difference between uh, them and the Giants. Yes. I think the world sees a difference between the commanders and the Giants. But um, the Eagles and the Cowboys, I can't, are in Vegas, I think they're about in the same place. Are the Cowboys a little bit higher in Vegas? Give me a moment to pull that up for us. And I will say one of the things that's happening right now is that the Eagles have shown quite a bit in the preseason because we have seen Jalen Hurts. We did see their primary backups. We've seen almost nothing from the Cowboys. Right, uh, and the Gallup is hurt, and Washington got hurt, so there's questions about depth yeah. on the offense. Eagles at 9.5. Dallas Cowboys at... What? Why, are, why can't I find them? They're the Cowboys. They should be at the top of the list, guys. Come on. They're probably either 10.0 or 9.5. They're 10.0. They're 10.0. There they are. So All right. Little... So Vegas has the Cowboys a little bit ahead of the Eagles. We have the Eagles a little bit ahead of the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys were number one in our numbers last year. You know, we talked a little bit about Dallas. Their defense is likely to regress a little bit. They were very dependent on takeaways last year. Obviously, the talent that they've lost, losing Amari Cooper, questions about Michael Gallup. But these two teams are the class of the division. And I, I do feel like people talking about this as if it's a bad division are really selling the Eagles and the Cowboys short. These are good teams. Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. I mean, you look at the the Eagles, you know, I think, I mean, outside of the, the big Jalen Hurts question, I think they did just about everything you could expect them to do this offseason, right? I mean, they they want to be a passing team. So what do you do to fix this kind of Jalen Hurts not using the whole field problem, right? You go out and you trade for A.J. Brown, you know, who 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 does most of his work over the middle, right? Right. And then, you know, you, you have a weak pass rush. What do you do? You go out and you sign Hassan Reddick. You bolster your your uh, linebacking core with uh, Kaiser White, which I think is a really under, uh, under, underrated signing. 
you uh, and then you add some some depth along the um, the defensive front with Jordan Davis, who I think, you know, I, I know a lot of Eagles fans were clamoring for the uh, for them to take uh, Kyle Hamilton the safety, uh, which right. certainly would have addressed their their safety need. Right. But you know, with Fletcher uh, Fletcher Cox nearing the end, uh, you know, I think I think. Jordan Davis is going to be a stud. He'll be around for a long time. And I think Eagles fans will, will come to love him. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the, um, of course that leaves a secondary, you, you, uh, end up landing, uh, James Bradbury. I mean, right. so, so safety's a little bit of a, of a question mark. I think they're trying to talk themselves into Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But, you know, as, as we've been talking about, this is a pretty, pretty well-rounded team. I think they got a lot better, and I don't think the Cowboys got better. No. Jaquisti Tart gives them some depth right. at safety. Right. And, I mean, I don't know if Ugo Amadi will make the team, but that's a guy who's played some. Right. I think of him as a special teams addition mainly there. But you're right, there's a little bit of a yes and to the Eagles offseason, even as somebody who lives here. And is all the time. It's like, oh, you remember that they grabbed Bradbury at the end when the Giants had the jettison. Oh yeah, and that you know Hassan Riddick's on. Oh yeah, I kind of forgot. Remember the Kobe Dean came into the third round. Oh yeah, you know Zach Pascal is kind of running around. And he looks kind of okay as your sort of slot guy, so that you you push Rieger all the way down to number four, and like Quez Watkins could be number four, and Rieger could be uh, bye. Like oh, when you keep adding all these things in there. Oh, and they also have first round picks for next year. It is really remarkable there. So again, it's it's not so much that I would ever be down on on the Eagles, except when I'm down on the Eagles. It's it's does all this combine to push them into like this this threshold? And I don't know even if it's a mental block at this point when you look at the teams at the top and say no, they're just a different category because they've got Hall of Fame quarterbacks or they're the defending champions in the Rams' case. Right. I think that that's a reasonable it's a reasonable statement that the the, the question about the Eagles is if you don't have a top quarterback, can right. you be a top team? Right. And yeah. and let's assume let's assume that Hertz takes a small step forward, but right. not a like I'm a top quarterback step forward. Can you still be a top team overall? You know, can you be Jacksonville of three years ago, but with but better, but better because he's gonna be yeah. better than Blake Ford. Or the 49ers last year. Yeah. Or potentially the 49ers this year. If it's oh Trey Lamps is this good, but not this good. And then yeah. you you hit that same the Brady wall, you know, you hit the same wall. You know, it's, it's interesting that you brought up that, that Bortles Jacksonville year, right? Because, you know, Case Keenum, the, you know, think about the teams that made the conference championship game uh, that year. Nick Foles was a quarterback for the Eagles, Case Keenum for the Vikings, Bortles for, for the Jaguars. I mean, so it, so it does happen, um, but you know, you look at, you look at – I think that's the rarity, right? You look at right. last year and you look at the, the quarterbacks in the, in the conference championship games. I think the, the, the point the, – the biggest point in favor of the Cowboys is I think hands down they've got the best quarterback in the division. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and, – and the Eagles have yet to prove um, – you know, they – one of those games was meaningless last year, but they've yet to prove uh, that they can beat the, the, the Cowboys. The Cowboys right. have had their number for a while. The Cowboys have that high, high. They also have that low, low, but they can kind of stratosphere things with Prescott playing lights out. If Moore's running the offense really well, if the offensive line's as good as it can be, even though they've lost some guys along the way, if Parsons is balling out, they've got this this extra gear that we don't know the Eagles have. 
All right. Don't forget, by the way, if you're watching, make comments, ask questions. We're happy to talk about the whole NFC East today. Like and subscribe to the show if you're listening afterwards. Let's talk about the exact opposite of the Eagles, the team that we have as the worst in the league. This is our last place team, the New York Giants. And the way I've put it is uh, we don't like the New York Giants roster and we don't think they do either. (laughs) Good night, folks. We said it all. Because we like Brian Dable and we like Joe Schoen and we like the direction they're going in. But we just think that's going to require really changing a lot of their players. Before, do you have a question about Gainwell? Oh, yes. Question about Gainwell. Bring on your question about Gainwell before we get into the Giants. Uh, Probably, I mean, if Sanders is rotating with Scott and being sort of a third down guy, I think the impression. Yeah, maybe he returns some kicks. Um, But yeah, you know, he's. He's. He's rotating with 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 Scott. Is uh, where where are you on the let's go get Kareem Hunt uh, theory that's been making the rounds around here? Is that just like, is that clickbait or is it something you think the Eagles should do or would do? I mean, it depends on on what you're what you're giving up, right? Um, you know, I don't I don't know that he'd be a tremendous upgrade for this team. Am I? I mean, you're at Football Outsiders. That's all. Yeah, where the running backs don't work, where some of the running backs don't matter much, people. So, I mean, yeah, the question is, it would be a small upgrade. How much is that worth paying for? I mean, right. is Sanders, how hurt is Sanders? Because he's a, probably a bigger upgrade on Gainwell and Scott than he is on Sanders. Right, right. Yeah, and I think you could get by. I mean, they they want to be a passing offense, right? So I think you can get even if you didn't have uh, Sanders, and you know he's he's got a bit of an injury history there. You know, I think you could get by with with Gainwell and Scott and and Hurts. You know, the, one of the other things that the Eagles have to, you know, kind of the the things they have to thread here is yes, you want to become a passing offense, but you don't want to, to- tell. Uh, Jalen Hurts not to run because he's he's a really effective runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I I just I don't know. It of course it depends on what you give up. If if we're talking maybe like a late round draft pick, right. you know maybe uh, Kareem Hunt. But I just I don't see him being worth some kind of blockbuster um, blockbuster trade. How how he ain't going to do a blockbuster for a running. And I also want to point out running backs should not wear the number 14. It's wrong. <laughs> going, going bold on poor, poor Gainwell. Going taking on Gainwell. The chin. Poor Gainwell taking on the chin with that. And Scott and Gainwell look pretty good against Cleveland last week. Cleveland backups, granted. But like th- these are young men who can play. The waiver wire will be full of running backs who can play. Kenyon Drake is sitting around right now waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, so there will be – if it's like we need a guy to get us through three weeks because Miles Sanders is going to be out the guy might be sitting there very cheap. Oh, yeah. And before we switch to the Giants, do you have any interesting Eagles prop bets for us? Do I? Let's start with this. Eagles, this is alternate lines, folks. Eagles over 10.5 wins at plus 175. Take it, Obviously, I love it. Yes. Give that to me. Plus 175. Bring it on. Interested, Tom? Sure. (laughs) Okay. If... I don't mind it. I like over plus 25 at that level of juice. 
How about nobody's going for this under 8.5 at plus 200? No. 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 That's Giants yeah. fans schmuck bait there. Like, oh, like brood against the Eagles. It's hard to see eight wins, below eight wins really happening as well as the team's playing. Uh, it looks, I should say. I'm just the – this team's, I mean, this team's clearly better than it was last year, right? And, like, the one thing you could say about last year is the schedule was was easy, right? But it's easy again. So I just I just can't see under eight and a half. Yeah, the beginning of the schedule is so soft. The beginning of the schedule, should, the Eagles should get out to, I don't know, I, four and one, something like that very easily. I've got one more here that I want to do. I like this one. Jalen Hurts to throw for at least 400 yards at least 400 yards in any regular season game, plus 330. One I don't know. He runs a lot. <laughs> he runs a lot. One shootout where things get weird against the Cowboys or against one of their better teams, and he starts dumping the ball off over and over and over again. You get plus 330. I'm taking it. I'm going for it. I am actually going to take it. What was the highest he threw for last season? Ooh, I don't know. If you're looking that up right now, I will vamp while doing it. But I'll give one more prop. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith over 1,999.5 combined regular season receiving yards. That's Smitty and Brown over 2,000 receiving yards at plus 105. I like that. I like that. We haven't even talked about Devontae Smith. The guy won the yeah. Heisman, and he's only in his second season, and we didn't even talk about him in this whole preview because the right. Eagles have a lot of talent. And he was the wide receiver one last year for a playoff team. Yeah. So so that was plus 400 for, for – uh, four, over 400 yards for Jalen Hurts, yes. right? Yes. You know, that's, that's interesting because you're right. You get it – you know, there's a weird game against a, a porous defense – you know, kind of a shootout. Mm-hmm. You could look back to week four last season, the game against the Chiefs. He threw for 387 in that game. Oh. Close. You know, but. That's your 400. But he didn't, he only had one other game in which he threw for more than 300. Mm. So, but it's one game, right? I'm t- Just one I'm out of 17, it. man. I'm taking it here in Eagles country. I'm sitting at the bar. The Eagles are losing. Everybody's miserable. It's like, I, if he goes to 400, I get a big win. Something to cheer for. I'm taking that too. There you go. Got it. All right. Let's hit the New York Giants. Like I said, the worst team in our projections, the New York Giants, um, a mess. Their defense in particular is a mess. I mean, losing James Bradbury and replacing him with nothing. Uh Kayvon Thibodeau possibly going to start this year on PUP. Mm. Um, you know, there's really no, like nowhere other than Thibodeau where you're like, look at their defense and you get super excited. I mean, yeah, there's Leonard Williams and there's Dexter Lawrence, but yeah, I mean, they didn't really do great at stopping the run last year, even with those guys in the lineup. And then the offense, like I'll fully admit, we may be um, – we may be overrating the whole year of the Giants because of how bad they were at the end of the year when it wasn't Daniel Jones. But a lot of our projection is just Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones has just never been good. It's been three years. He hasn't been good. It's not likely he's going to be good this year. It's just, you know, they've got a good front office and they're building for the future, but it's not going to happen for them this year. And if you watched – 
Daniel Jones in the preseason. It's very, it's kind of, it's so sloppy. It's like watching, you know, your Brian Hoyer like backup slash your rookie getting the start. It's like I mean, a little better than one, a little more athletic than the other, but it's just in that quarterback number 29 through 35 in the league at best thing that you're getting from him right now. Um, Sleepy Time Junction, are any Giants wide receivers worth taking in fantasy? Not Kenny Galladay. I don't think so. I, I see this team spreading the ball around with their wide receivers to where there is no clear wide receiver one. I mean, they drafted Wondell Robinson, and Wondell Robinson and Kadarius Tony basically have the same skill set. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, they're both going to get some usage, and um, the tight end is probably going to be a rookie. Uh, so that would make the wide receivers a little bit better. But, yeah, I mean, this is not – I'm not big on this team for fantasy because we're not big on Saquon Barkley either. Right. And that's the thing. Does it turn over to Saquon? I got a prop coming for Saquon where it's just like, well, there's no one else to feed the ball to. So let's just feed, 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 feed. Not good for the team, but it'll be good for Yeah, him. I don't think so because I don't think that's Dable's style. And I don't think they're going to be leading enough. They're, like Todd Singer says, they are going to be behind a lot. Yeah. And, I liked Wendell coming out of college and like we were watching the game the other night and they're trying to get him the ball in space. They're, they're in no space. There's no space. There's no, there's no trust. Like everybody's got the word. Now Galladay is kind of cooked or however you want to say it. Darius Slayton's on, on the bubble. They had these other guys playing wide receiver for a lot. So, so they're trying to throw the quick screen and there's like two defenders. And I think I don't have Robinson's number. He had like three catches for like a yard. So, and Tony will probably be in a similar boat. If you know if he's given that role, or if they're splitting that role, you know this really is kind of like the most interesting thing about this team, right? Is kind of what combination of wide receivers do they go with heading into the season, and who who emerges as as kind of their their go to option? You know, I don't think it's Galladay. Um, you know, a couple of other guys that have have flashed in, in this preseason: Colin Johnson, David Sills. Uh, Alex Bachman, yeah. you know, th those guys might, might, might crack the roster, but it's really kind of like, you know, it's, it seems like as, as you were talking about, Mike, uh, Darius Slayton's out uh, and then Sterling Shepard's uh, going to start the season on the, on the pup list. So, you know, it, that really is kind of the most interesting thing about this season is, is if uh, Kadarius Tony uh, can, can stay healthy, you know, put the cleat, put where the right size cleats, you know what? You know, important. It yeah. is. That's key. Um, you know who 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 emerges as 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 the uh, as the Giants' top top wide receiving threats. Right. Yeah. And old Henny four hundred three says, "Man, the Giants are just bad. There's no way around it. We're not trying to get around it. We're thinking about <laughs> 2024 when they have Stroud or Young at quarterback." With Evan Neal protecting the blind side, with Andrew Tom or Andrew Thomas protecting the blind side, and Evan Neal on the other side, and Thibodeau is wrecking people, and Dable is coaching up the hot young quarterback, and <laughs> you know, 2000 bring, come back in 2024 and let's see where this team is, but right, not We're, now. This is just a depth finder where we say, well, is there an over under? Is there a is there a fantasy pulse? For this team, because that's that's about what we can. And we're lower. I think we're lower than almost anybody on this team. I right. think their Vegas over under might be seven. Oh my goodness! Now remember that they just legalized gambling in New York. I believe, like on January seventh, I was in town when it happened. So these there might be some sweetened 
uh, numbers like uh, Giants fans, this will be your first bet. It's seven. That's yeah. that's that's crazy town. Yeah, this because is- even our super ultra conservative projections that really grouped around eight and a half this year say to yeah. go under that. Right. Like all the other low numbers this year, our projections came out higher. That we're higher than Vegas on Jacksonville, and we're higher than Vegas on Houston, and we're higher than Vegas on the Jets and the Seahawks. What if not the Giants? No, <laughs> lower than Vegas on the Giants. So even with the super conservative nature of our projections, Giants under overall. You know, yeah, you know that's actually I, I write this in the the almanac. You know, so the Giants are just bad, right? And and so. What's the worst case scenario for the Giants? It's not it's not winning fewer than seven games. It's winning seven or eight games yes. and falling out of the the top five draft pick picture. I know jo- Joe Judge would flip out over something like this, but they just need to be bad this year and 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 regroup for 2023 and 2024. They've got a ton of cap space, I think. They're second right now in effective cap space for 2023. They're probably not going to spend a ton next off season, but you know, you're, 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 you're lining up the pieces. You're building the foundation. Maybe you get that quarterback in next year's draft and then, and then you start building around him, but you know, it would be bad if they won seven games this year. If they, especially if they win seven games because Blake Martinez had a great season, or Sterling Shepard comes off the pup, and like the veterans step up and they have that. Like right. they squeak into seven wins because Thibodeau comes back, has 14 and a half sacks. Neil crushes people. Uh, Wendell Robinson catches 100 passes. All right, well, that's something. That's something. If they do it because it's all just smoke and mirrors and veterans and things like that, then they're exactly right. And, um, Sleepy Time Junction asks, who's better prepared for a rebuild, Atlanta or New York Giants? Brian Knowles is probably watching and has a better handle on this than, than we do. But right now I look at Atlanta and it's like, Desmond Ritter looks like he might be able to play soon. You know, uh, they look like they put some pieces together. The Giants are still, both teams are still clearing off bad payroll and bad contracts. But I think the Falcons, it's mostly Matt Ryan's bad pot contract. And the Giants is just like, all of these bad contracts. I feel like the Giants are better prepared for a rebuild for two reasons. One is that they started this year. Like, yeah, okay, the the Falcons have Kyle Pitts, but the Giants have, they were able to take Neal this year. They were able to take Thibodeau this year, Mm -hmm. right? Atlanta didn't really have the high draft picks this year. The other is, I guess I just trust people who came from the Bills. Yeah. The Bills are so well built right now. That if you ask me, like, who do I trust to rebuild a team? The answer is people who learned it from the people who did it in Buffalo. Yeah. And I and so that's why I think I trust the Giants. If you if you asked me, if you told me I had to buy stock in either the Giants or the Falcons for 2024 right now, I would buy stock in the Giants. I would buy a bond. But Brian points out the Falcons feel like they're in the middle of the pain. Giants are just starting out. That's kind of where I'm leaning right now. However, just watched last night, watched the Falcons carve up the Jets with their starters and their backups. I don't know if you know this, but Kyle Pitts is going to be a problem. (laughs) My reaction to that was, first of all, that you made fun of people saying that, but also going to be like future tense. Is that a future tense statement? He's going, he's not one now. Like, Way to go out on a limb with this bold statement. That Patrick Mahomes is going to be a problem. Kyle, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
I love it. I saw like five going to be a problems go across my timeline this morning. And I, I mean, just... Pitts caught that ball where he just destroyed. Uh, was it Brees Hall? Brees Hall. Yeah. And I swear to God, every single person on my timeline retweeted that video. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is really good. <laughs> this is not a surprise. And Brees Hall, I was looking at that. It's like, that's got to be some undrafted rookie that they threw out there. It's like, oh, no, that's one of the guys they think might be starting. Yeah. He I don't think that... it's going to be much of a battle between him and Sauce Gardner to start. I think it's going to be Sauce Gardner. I think so, too. So, so here's an interesting question. I mean, who do you think is better in New York right now, the Giants or the Jets? Oh, oh God. You, have, you, you got one, Tom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jets... I mean, I think I think the Jets a little bit. I think just, the Giants are better at quarterback, but I think the Jets are better almost everywhere else. Yeah, I, I I think so. You know, like uh, like we've been talking about, like this is this is the the Giants are just starting over now. You know, mm-hmm. the 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 Jets are kind of in the middle of something that maybe will be good at some point, but it's <laughs> it's at least better than what the the Giants are at right now, which is which is just incredible, given you know the the franchise histories here. Yeah. You know how how far the the Giants have fallen. You know to 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 you know a second rate team, the second rate team in New York. Right. It's and it's kind of like well, it's three first round picks to two. It's three first round picks, and their skill position guys who are exciting. And then there's Brees Bryce, the the running back Brees Bryce Hall. Uh, yes. And that's interesting versus. Hey, maybe Saquon will turn. You know that whole routine. So there's a lot more reason to be excited about the Jets. It's just there's no there's no good reason to be excited about either of these teams. Like, what what are you rooting for with the Giants? Like, hey, maybe Saquon Barkley has a good enough year that maybe we can get a comp pick for him. Like, they're rooting for Brian Dable to turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen, which is the <laughs> and for Saquon to rekindle the Saquon of old, which is. People forget how many years that's been the story. The number one thing I hear about the Giants that's optimistic is, remember what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen, and it's not going to happen here. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I wrote about this in the in the Almanac that, you know, we sort of, sort of like how uh, when we talk about um, Bruce Arians, right? Great coach. Um, but and we, we, we talk about all the hits, right? We talk about how he worked with uh, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Carson. Luck, Carson Palmer, yeah, Tom Brady. But like nobody talks about uh, Tim Couch, right? <laughs> you know, and and you know, with with Dable, we we talk about uh, uh, Josh Allen, but we we don't talk about um, Brady Quinn, Derek Anderson, Colt McCoy, Jake Delhomme, Matt Moore. Chad Henney, Matt Castle, and Brady Quinn again. P- I mean, there's... he was there with Peterman, wasn't he? Nathan I, I, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you know, players develop, coaches develop too. Um, but you know, I don't know that Brian Dable needs some players. Bottom line, and we just don't. He just doesn't have that yet. And I'm I'm not a buyer. I'm not a believer in in Daniel Jones. I think we've seen enough. Uh, you know, th- you know, three years of a negative of a past DVO below negative ten. 
guys like that just don't keep getting chances. And the only reason why he's getting another chance is because there's really nobody else and he's still cheap. Bring us your Giants props, Mike. What do we have for Giants props? Getting those Giants props, I'll give you the really ridiculous one, which would be over eight wins at plus 180. Yeah, no. No, you're you're just burning your money. (laughs) Send me me your money. (laughs) Yeah, some money here. Uh, Under six, under six at plus 175. Yes. I don't hate that. Yes, yep. give me those plus 175, yep. Because And you get the push as a little bit of a break there. It's a little ghoulish rooting against the Giants every week, but I think I could possibly pull it off. We said we're we're not on the Saquon train. Listen to this one, though. Saquon Barkley, over 10.5 combined rushing and receiving touchdowns. 10.5 combined touchdowns at plus 140. Now I have to look up what our projection is for him. Yeah, look that up. It's 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 kind of like, you know, if he gets all the goal line carries. We have him with seven. Ooh, okay. Can't can't buy. Not that not at plus 148 worth. I'm going yeah. I'm going with the projection there. Yeah. All right, same here. Last one for the Giants. Giants to beat Cowboys, Commanders and Eagles at least once at plus 280. Each of them at least once? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull up the schedule Either, here. either Dallas or Philadelphia will sweep the Giants. Now, the Giants get the Eagles week 18. Oh. So that could be a bench of starters game. The Commanders, by week 15, Carson Wentz could be hiding under his own uh, couch like my dog during a thunderstorm. So do we have any weather games in there? Do we get a Cowboys weather game? We do not get a Cowboys weather game. That might have swayed me. But they play the Cowboys in September at, in, in the Meadowlands. I'm just misdirected by Giants this year, so I can't go with any positive Giants props. It's all negative for me. Well, yeah, three and three in the division. I I just I I don't see it. Yeah, normally in the NFC East, you can sort of root for the round robin and the chaos and the splits and the goofy things like oh, it's December I ninety five corridor and there's a snow game or whatever. You can't with the Giants. You just can't. By the way, there are, there are Kenny Galladay props too, but like I don't have the heart to just like. The, the positive thing about all this is, if people are watching this video and they're Giants fans, we are positive about the management. Yes. Like we're sitting here, like completely destroying this team. We are positive about the management. We feel good about where you're going to be yeah. in a couple of years. It just ain't that time there. All yeah. right. This is residual. Gettleman judge hatred. One last quick question from Sleepy Time Junction. Why is Kyle Pitts play tight end instead of wide receiver? It's because with his size, he can decimate linebackers. You cannot yeah. put a linebacker on him. So you have to put a cornerback on him. And then that stretches who you can put on your wide receivers. And he just he's he's so big, I think, that it makes sense for him to play tight end, even though of course he does split out wide like 25% of the time. Like, it's useful to have him on the inside. So that's my answer we'll, to that question. We'll revisit it when it's time to franchise tag him. Oh, he, we will revisit it. Yeah, we, we, will. Will re- <laughs> we will revisit him. All right. Thursday, folks, we are finally getting to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns and Pittsburgh Steelers with Rivers McCown on Thursday. 
We have delayed it long enough. We will have to talk about the Cleveland Browns. And we will have to talk about the Trubisky and Kenny Pickett quarterback battle. That is Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you to everybody who watched. Thank you to everybody who commented. Uh, thank you to everybody who likes and subscribes to the show. Thank you to Tom Bassinger for uh, contributing to the book, as always, and doing the show. Mike and I will be back Thursday with Rivers to Town. Until then, everyone have a good couple of days. So long. Bye.